podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, soon to be 14, then 12. It's going to be 12 eventually. That's what we know. Here in the Big 12, or here on the 1012, we just we treat it like it's the 12 already, uh, which is why I'm very excited for who's joining us in just a minute. My name is Philip Slavin. I am your host, as always. Jamie and Andy are out. Jamie had a very busy day, obviously, calling the women's game, the women's win over Georgia that put the Iowa State women into the Sweet 16 in the women's bracket. Congrats to them. And she's obviously very excited after the Iowa State men's team has headed back to the Sweet 16 as well. But we will talk about that. Andy is under the weather, so he could not join us either. Um, so today, we're going to talk a little Big 12 with a, a future Big 12 brethren, our friend Sam Raz of the Scott and Holman podcast, the Houston Cougar podcast of the 1012 Network. Scott, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Phil. Uh, great to be back on. Love talking Big 12 with you. Love talking Cougars with you. Uh, enjoying uh, talking some uh, round of 32 basketball with you here uh, at the Witching Hour. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to try and keep this one shorter uh, because it is getting late. And uh, some of us have uh, day jobs uh, in the morn. We don't make enough of this to just do it full time. I mean, unless you all want to just start throwing money at me, I'm happy to do this full time put out more episodes but i don't think you want Second, to and that's yeah. fine i understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we all would we had a, a twitter space that we did on friday night myself and andy thanks to everybody who joined us there to recap the first round where the big 12 men and then inevitably the big 12 women after friday and saturday went a perfect six and zero. congrats to all of that we like to include houston which means the big 12 on the men's side went seven and oh Ho, 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 ho. Uh, and on the women's side went 7-1 and one with UCF getting a win and BYU taking the only loss of any of the current or future Big 12 teams in the men's or women's NCAA tournament. So it was a very, very nice opening weekend for the conference. But we want to move forward to Saturday and Sunday's games on the men's side. The Sweet 16, it's in clear vision. Now, we are recording this. There's currently 10.55 left in the second half between Arizona and TCU. Thanks for all these late Big 12 games. Uh, Arizona's currently up three. It's about 10.43 left in the game, so we're going to keep an eye on that as we record. Um, but at the moment, 
we know that on the men's side, Kansas has moved on to the Sweet 16. Texas Tech has moved on to the Sweet 16. Iowa State has moved on to the Sweet 16. And Houston has moved on to the Sweet 16. Texas is in a game we will recap here in a minute. Baylor is out as well. Obviously not the best thing. Uh, and, And TCU giving Arizona absolutely everything they can. Hopefully at the end of this episode, we're sitting here celebrating one more Sweet 16 team in TCU knocking off number one Arizona and a national champion favorite for many people who filled out brackets. Uh, Sam, let me just start with this, just kind of an overview of the tournament thus far through our first weekend, which is always so good. And just how do you feel about, and I know you're excited as a Houston fan, but how do you feel about the, uh, how do you feel about the NCAA tournament so far this year? I think it's been pretty good. I don't think it's been uh, wall-to-wall bangers. You know, I think I think Thursday obviously set a very high bar for the rest of the field. Obviously, like many of you listening, I'm sure I'm a huge fan of the Thursday, Friday, wall-to-wall college basketball slate games for when you wake up until you go to sleep. And I think Thursday gave us just a ludicrous amount of really exciting college basketball. And, you know, I don't know, like fr- Friday wasn't free of, you know, exciting moments. Friday wasn't uh, free of really exciting stuff. I, I guess in my, in my biased opinion, the Friday game where my Cougars uh, defeated UAB uh, was high on the entertainment value, but uh, I think, I think a good term. I would give this tournament uh, a solid B so far. Obviously that's accepting my specific team experience. You know, your, uh, your experience as a fan may vary, I guess. I'd imagine uh, Longhorn fans and uh, Baylor fans are feeling a bit differently right now than uh, the Jayhawk fans and Cougar fans. So, you know, uh, obviously a grab bag, but I, I think, I think a good solid tournament. And I think it's good to see like mostly full arenas again, not that, Obviously, it wasn't very understandable last year why you weren't, you know, you were playing in front of very limited crowds, but feels more like a normal NCAA tournament. That's that that feels nice. I think that maybe maybe I'll bump it up B plus just on that. We're gonna I'm gonna be a generous grader here on Sunday night. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's nice to be back to normal. Games happening all over the country, full arenas, the excitement's there. And Thursday absolutely was crazy. It was it was, I think Thursday alone was just we needed that so bad. We needed to really feel like real March Madness, and nothing against March Madness last year, but it just it just wasn't the same. Everything was in the same place. It just it wasn't the same, right? Yeah. But that was good because we had to take a year off because of COVID. This is the year, the first year, it's kind of back to normal as far as the tournament goes. Obviously, COVID aside, and it, and it felt that way Thursday. And and no, we haven't had a a a buzzer beater yet you know uh, we almost got one with usc and miami with that half court shot that off the backboard and just hit the front of the rim but we haven't had the the buzzer beater moment but i mean how can you not be excited about what saint peter's has done incredible literally no one knew who saint peter's was i mean i i even and i am an avid like my wife's like who's that oh it's wofford oh it's murray state oh it's whatever other random school i can possibly think of even i was like what saint peter's what is what is that i don't understand Huh? So, yeah. uh, and, and it's I mean, a team that got to where they were by sort of unlikely circumstances. Rick Pitino's on, which was the, the team that was the big favorite out of that league, uh, losing their conference semifinal game. And not, not to say St. Peter's couldn't have potentially taken care of business, but gave St. Peter's a, uh, a clearer path to, I think, you know, what's been a historical first weekend of the tournament for them. Uh, we hadn't, when Florida Gulf Coast, Became the first 15 seed. Dunk City, yeah. Sweet 16. Made the Sweet 16. It was the, it was a huge deal. Now we've had it two years in a row. ORU last year, another team who was not the one seed in their conference tournament making yeah. a big run in Sweet 16. Now St. Peter's, like, 
Uh, I believe, thank you, Matt Brown of Extra Points for pointing out that like since the 2012 season, uh, 15 seeds have more Sweet 16 appearances uh, than the Big Ten. <laughs> okay, uh, so. Hmm. <laughs> That's impossible. They got 11 teams. They got 11 teams in the field. That scientifically proves it's good basketball. It's not just a self-reinforcing uh, thing, certainly. Certainly not. Nine, te- uh, nine yeah. teams last year, nine teams this year, you know? Hmm. Seems like a pattern. Hmm. I don't know. To my untrained eye. Hmm. And maybe a bunch of, of wins over Penn State and Nebraska don't actually mean anything. Anywho. Okay. Anywho. So <laughs> uh, let's talk a little Houston since you're here. Let's start with the with the Houston Cougs. Man, look, Illinois should have lost to Chattanooga. And I and honestly, I think Chattanooga probably would have given Houston a better game uh, on, on Sunday. And, and yeah. just be, be yeah, blunt, I, um, I am I am never sad to see uh, Brad Underwood lose in the NCAA tournament, uh, both as a Big 12 fan and Oklahoma State fan and as someone who knows some of the things behind the scenes between Kansas State and Brad Underwood. Uh, so props to your Houston Cougars. I just have to say, like, look, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for Houston's men's basketball to come into the Big 12, in large part because we've always known Kelvin Sampson was a good coach. The job he's done this year to lose – two starters, not just two starters, like two absolute studs back at the beginning of the season. And to take the narrative of like, well, you know, at some point it's going to catch up with them. Here Houston sits in the Sweet 16. It doesn't matter what they do the rest of the way. And, and frankly, we talked about this on, on Friday, Andy and myself. I was like, I don't want to hear the like, at some point it's going to catch up with them. That's not going to be the excuse that they lose in the Sweet 16. Like they lose next weekend. Like they got to the Sweet 16. At a certain point, unless you're going to win the national championship, you're going to you're going to lose in this tournament. And I don't want to hear they're like, well, not having those guys caught up. No, we're done. This is a really good team. This is the, this team isn't about those two guys who aren't there. This team is good and it's incredibly well coached. And arguably, it's one of the best coaching jobs of Kelvin Sampson's very very long and very successful career. And he's had some obviously some very good ones here, but I, w- I would say it is definitively his best coaching job here at Houston. And that's not to say there weren't good coaching jobs before that, but I think because it happened the same week, it became, it had been whispered that Tremont Mark wasn't coming back. And then the week of Christmas became official. He's going to get his shoulder operated on. That's it for him this season. And then two days later, I think a day after we recorded our last episode before Christmas, uh, Marcus Sasser on social media, is just like, Hey guys, I'm done for the season with a hairline foot fracture. It was just like, Oh, are, are we, you know, Obviously, having Kelvin Sampson here raises your floor significantly. But we were still wondering, is this a tournament team? It, you know, I think we would have been very happy if you had told us at that time, seed, we're not even going to tell you what the seed is. You're going to get into the field. I would have taken it. I would have just been like, don't care about championship. If we're in the field of 68, this has been a massive success. Just because if you had asked me or Dustin, I think, before the start of this season, who are you know? Who are the first two choice Cougar guards going to be? Who are going to be the guys that take on the most, uh, you know, most part of the offense this year? It would be Marcus Sasser and Sean Mark. I would argue Marcus Sasser before the hairline fracture of this season was playing at an All American level, and to just you know revamp this team to you know a little bit more Fabian White and Josh Carlton, two fifty year big men who I think, I think I think have really shown the value of patience, you know, and, and especially with uh, front court players, and that just just because a guy looks like this his first or second year, even in Josh Carlton's case, he had a pretty blah last year at UConn. He had pretty much been resigned to whatever minutes 
Dan Hurley didn't want to put Adama Sonogo out there for UConn. He wasn't a guy coming off a really great season in stores. Kelvin Sampson brings him to Houston and he has a first team all conference all seed. It just, I think it shined a light on how good Kelvin Sampson and also his son, the associate head coach, Kellen Sampson are at evaluating that you brought in three one-year guys in Tajay Moore, Josh Carlton, and then Kyler Edwards, who, you know, theoretically could have another year, but by all accounts, this is Kyler Edwards' last college season, season that you could bring in those three one-year guys and get them to buy in this quickly and get them, get them to play with all these other guys. Like Kyler Edwards has been playing, playing right now like he's been on this team since 2017. Josh Carlton, Tajay Moore look like they've been in this program for years and they're only going to play one season here. I think not, you know, Samson has, has proven himself adept at evaluating really at every, every level, like high school players. He's brought in, you know, some good high school players, Nate Hinton, Armani Brooks, who are both on NBA rosters in the past year. Uh, Quentin Grimes really just had an awful freshman year at Kansas was U of H's first post five slamma jamma American and in junior college guys like Rob Gray and Corey Davis, who were, a uh, big part of the initial buildup three or four years ago. Uh, just the way he's been able to reinvent this program from year to year. And this year by necessity, I think it's just, it's nothing short of remarkable and why he, I think is one of the best handful of coaches out there doing it right now. I don't think I say that. I don't think I say that at least with entirely U of H colored glasses there. No, I, I think he makes some very valid points. And again, I think he's done a good job. And again, I don't want to hear the narrative. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear that it's going to catch up with them anymore because it's, it's not going to catch up with them. We're, we're way past that. Three, three, three second weekend or later in three tournaments, I think, I think kind of speaks for itself. And that's what the Cougar program's done. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. Kansas. Kansas has been solid all season. Share regular season title with, with Baylor. Get to the tournament. Um, not that they've had the most difficult two games thus far. And no offense to the uh, Texas Southern. And to Creighton, Kansas has looked pretty good. But the biggest takeaway for me for Kansas is this. If Kansas was going to make a legit run to the national championship, you needed one thing to happen. you know. And I think it finally is starting to. Remy Martin is playing like the Remy Martin that Kansas fans and everyone kind of expected they would see when he transferred from Arizona State to Kansas. Arizona State. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, he's been really impressive in the tournament so far. Like, really impressive. And, and you could start to see some signs of it toward the end of the season. They started to get a little bit more from him and get a little bit more from him. But the last two games have been very, very impressive. And again, I understand Texas Southern Creighton. Don't want to go overboard here. 21 minutes against Texas Southern. Six of eight shooting. One of one from three. Hit two or three field goals. 15 points, four assists. Creighton, 29 minutes, seven of 14 field goals. Two of five from three, hit all of his free throws. Four assists, seven rebounds, 20 points. Obviously, we're going to see what uh, Kansas looks like in the next round. Uh, But as of right now, and no offense, I think Providence is going to be by far the best team they faced thus far in the tournament. But if Remy Martin continues to play at this level, this Kansas team absolutely can get to the national championship because you go Providence and then if you get past them, you're either going to face Iowa state or Miami. Kansas has a absolutely beautiful road now. And and no offense to Iowa state fans. Like we'll talk about you guys in a second. I'm excited for you, but 
Kansas has to feel really good looking ahead at what they have to get through to get to the Final Four. Now look, Providence is good, but Kansas is more talented than the three teams they have left to potentially face. You got to feel really good as a Kansas fan. Like the tournament got canceled two years ago when you really felt like Kansas had a legitimate shot to win a national championship. Last year, Kansas was playing fantastic. I think Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament. I think Kansas runs to the Final Four last year. But COVID hits right while they're in Kansas City. It wrecks the rest of the, the end of their season. Obviously, like I, I, it wrecked the end of their season. You're healthy. The guy you need to be playing his best is starting to play his best. The path is right there for run to the Final Four. This It kind of feels like after the last two years, Kansas has a massive opportunity here. And I I feel good about them taking advantage of that. And I was going to say, like, so much of the term is about, like, who you, you know, your path to the final. It doesn't matter what your path is. No one's going to be like, well, they made the final four, but let's break out the strength of schedule here. It doesn't matter. Like, that's that's the tournament. You play who's in front of you. You be who's in front of you. And I think the best credit, you know, you could give to Kansas for these first two games. And I think everything you said about the level of opponent is true. I don't think they played around with their food, so to speak, in game you know in texas southern's case you know obviously i'm gonna contrast him with another one seat here gonzaga you know gonzaga gets a nice looking you know at the end of the end of the game final score against georgia state but really has to labor at times with georgia state and i think not coincidentally has a probably closer than comfort round of 32 win over memphis that that kansas really just doesn't play around with texas southern the game's a laugh for by halftime and, you know, obviously Creighton presents, I think, a bit stiffer of a challenge, although, you know, not having, not having that big man, I think, certainly hurt. You know, I think it's really a shame just for Creighton that they weren't able to play with a guy who was as important to them as their big man who got hurt the game before was. But really, it just never felt like just watching that one live that it, as close as Creighton ever made it, it just never really felt like that was going to be anything other than a Kansas win. I, I think I'm glad you led with uh, Remy Martin because – I make it a point just outing myself as a big college basketball dork generally here. I have a Ken Bomb subscription. I go to every one sixty-eight for at least some amount of times, Ken Palm page and kind of get a look at the team. And for some of the teams like Kansas, who I have kind of a general idea, but maybe have watched only two or three games of this year, you know, check in on them. Like, okay, how's that? how's this guy doing? How's that guy doing? And Remy Martin was a guy I remember from coming out of Arizona State and Kansas getting him was like, oh, that was it was the transfer coup of that cycle. And then I remember looking at Remy Martin on their Ken Palm page and thinking, this this guy, this guy was the big coup. He just didn't didn't really seem like he'd had a spectacular season up until the postseason. And just, yeah, that just that makes Kansas, who already I think we knew, you know, legitimate one seeded team that was going to be hard to beat. Even when we thought Remy Martin was just going to be a guy. And I think the fact that Remy Martin looks looks like Arizona State Remy Martin, I mean that in the best way possible, I, I think, I think just makes them that much scarier of an opponent and with you know, three teams ahead of them. I think they're, they're going to out talent. I think going to expect to beat. You know, I think it's a it's a pretty nice path. But with that path comes the pressure of, okay, you're expected to beat all these teams now, and just you know, you know, with this tournament, that's not how it always goes. Yeah. Again, I think Kansas is primed. I think they're in a great spot. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see what they do against Providence next weekend. Uh, we mentioned Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State won two games last year. They're in the Sweet 16. And I said it on Twitter. An Iowa State team that went 7-11 in Big 12 play has won 15 games against everybody else. 15-0 against every non-Big 12 team they faced this year. Now look, 
the I'm tournament saying. is not indicative of like the regular season. There, there, the the NCAA tournament is not designed to ensure that the best team in college basketball wins the national championship. It's not. I don't care. It's the most fun way to do it, and that's all that I care about. But that Iowa State is here as an 11 seed, knocking off, knocking off a Wisconsin that should never have been a three seed. Forget the fact that the Big Ten got nine teams in. Wisconsin as a three seed with where they were ranked in the net and Ken Palm was an absolute joke. But the fact that Iowa State is here in the Sweet 16 after in year one of, of TJ Altsberger is incredible. And I don't care what they do the rest of the way. Like, for some teams, it's like there's obviously greater goals. Kansas being one of those teams. And I'm not saying Iowa State as a, as a team isn't saying, like, we can keep winning. But from from a an outside perspective of like you guys won two games last year, you're not in the two big twelve year. games, two games, no, two games period. Yes, and now you're in the Sweet Sixteen. I, I still man. national coach be right there, Otzelberger. I think like I, I I spent like five minutes waxing political about Kelvin Sampson. I retract none of that, but I still think like yeah, Otzelberger's your coach of the year just because I mean it's insane. And I will fully, by the way, step in front of the train here and say because I. I watched a decent amount of TJ Otzelberger basketball. I uh, I am a Vegas local. I've been a Vegas local for uh, for most of TJ Otzelberger's two seasons at uh, UNLV, and I was just like, well, you know, it's a long term build there. Otzelberger has lots of ties there. Like in that sense, the hire made sense. But I was just like, God, none of his teams here were really like really that good, and really showed a sign of like progressing towards something being that good. Like this is gonna be the guy that gets them out of the horrible hole that uh, Steve Perlman seemed to dig them into. And yeah, he's probably the national coach of the year. And just that he has a team that went two and 20 something last year in the sweet 16. It, it just, it, it defies logic. I also just, I absolutely love their commitment to do just, and this is not a slight. I, I legitimately love this. This is my love about college basketball to do the least amount of offense possible while still winning. They're just like, all right, what's the least amount of points we need? We're going to get that. We're going to win the game. We're going to give you nothing more. And it's, it's fantastic. I think that's what makes the sport fantastic is just the teams that go about winning games in different ways like that. Texas Tech had to win ugly against Notre Dame. Iowa State has to win ugly against Wisconsin. I know Texas lost, but Texas was able to keep that game playing ugly despite the fact that <laughs> Purdue shot – 46 free throws to uh, Texas is 12. There's the game, folks. But, like, the defenses in the Big 12, and we talked about this a bit on Friday, but, like, on our on our Twitter space, the defenses in the Big 12 absolutely have validated in the tournament what they were in the regular season. That has carried through to the NCAA tournament, right? Like, that. that's how, it, how I see it. These teams who play good defense in the regular season, that's carrying them. That's getting them here. That's why Kansas has played as well as they have. It's why I, I, Baylor was able to make the run despite being down 25 points in the in the second half to North Carolina. It's why uh, TCU is currently up one on Arizona with 351 left to go. Like these teams, the Big 12 is so can I good. Throw some red meat to our uh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, can I throw some red meat to our Cyclone listeners? Mm, mm. It's it's why Iowa State's playing in the Sweet 16. Why Iowa uh, is not? <laughs> it's the defense's tournament. Yes, and so that's why I look at this Big 12 this year and go, you know, I, I I wasn't, I don't think I was crazy in saying like the Big 12 has three teams in the Sweet 16. Texas coulda shoulda been here 
if if things were called the same way that they were in the Texas Tech and Iowa State games, if you were allowed to play that gritty, Texas wasn't. The, the rest sided with Purdue style of defense, which is not playing physical. The Big Ten doesn't play physical defense. Could could have fooled could have fooled me based on how I talk about, it, but uh, I'm beginning mm. to suspect that. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, TCU's up one at three fifty one. Oh man, come on, right. come, on okay. come on, come on, okay. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Little future, little future Big Twelve, uh, uh, twelve potentially. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, Texas Tech. Okay, we talked about the Montana State win. Very nice win. Obviously, Montana State massively overmatched. That game was over within seconds. It was just, it was, it was gross. Um, Texas Tech shot sixty six percent from the field, almost sixty seven percent, sixty percent from three, thirteen of nineteen from the free throw line. They just dominated Montana State. Okay. Then they go up against a Notre Dame team who's been playing way better than I think that Notre Dame team actually is. And Texas Tech came back to earth 35% from the field, 26% from three, 13 to 17 from the line. If Texas Tech is going to keep this run going against Duke moving forward and potentially uh, Gonzaga or Arkansas, one of those two teams, whoever wins that Sweet 16 matchup, which I think is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to bet on Arkansas, um, based off how Gonzaga's played in the first two games. And that's not a, I don't yeah, like no. Gonzaga, can't, they play can't in the West Coast. can argue that one, though, yeah. Yeah, I'm, this is not a, like, Gonzaga's not good, they play in the West Coast, blah, 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 blah. It's just, they haven't played great so far. Yeah. Tech's got to find somewhere in the middle. You can't have the kind of store, scoring droughts you did against Notre Dame, like, Duke is better than the Notre Dame. Um, if you go on long scoring droughts, which Texas Tech is been known to do from time to time, you're you're gonna have a harder time against a team like Duke. And look, I don't think Duke's great, but I've got this weird feeling in the back of my head that the season's gonna end with Duke in the national championship. They're gonna lose it because you know they lost the uh, game to North Carolina, uh, they lost in the ACC championship game, and Kay's gonna before you say that Kay's gonna like get to the championship game and lose. I'm just gonna put that out there so that it doesn't happen. Okay. But that's how okay. I tend to think. If I keep it in the back of my head and then it happens, and then I try and say that I thought it was gonna happen, it was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I just I guess it doesn't feel as bad if that, just something as awful as. Uh... Us just getting treated to uh, Coach K hagiography hey, for uh, the entirety of the championship game. <laughs> uh, they are at brunch right now. We're and sitting just, and seeing that he is currently eating a Belgian waffle. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Texas Tech just uh, went on a four zero run. Oh, and uh, like, oh man, they just—they just—they're a different kind of program, you know. And I'm just going to break one of my TVs if I just have to, if I just sit through one more of uh, those things. In the current season, I feel like I'm higher on speaking of the Red Raiders. I feel like I'm higher on them than just about everybody outside of Lubbock. But I, I think it's just me. It's betting on that just unbelievable defense that Mark Adams has brought there. I think, and just you know, hoping that guys like you know, Kevin McCuller, who I think has been you know flashes of brilliance offensively this year, it just hoping that those guys figure it out and it just you have that baseline level of just elite defense that. It's been pretty much just from start to finish this year for the Red Raiders. Just what a chore it is to play that team in a tournament setting and to play against 40 minutes of that defense. I think a lot of what I was talking about earlier, you know, with Kelvin Sampson bringing in one-year guys to maybe kind of fill out the roster and getting one-year buy-in, I think you could say everything and more about that with Tech and, you know, guys like Kevin O'Connor and um, ah, what uh, what's his – I'm – I'm drawing a blank. It is is later here. Open or uh, Bryson Williams, the guy from UTEP, who uh, I saw a couple times uh, 
when he played for them against the Cougars. Get brought in a lot of one-year guys, I think, around a good supporting cast he inherited from uh, the guy who's coaching now. And so just I, I obviously everything you said, I think about them needing to figure some things out offensively against a team like Duke that's just stocked with blue chip talent and stocked with offensive skill. But I do feel like this has been more of a tournament for teams like Texas Tech than it has been Duke, who I think, you know, their ceiling is just one of the very best offensive teams in the country. But I think like like a lot of people wouldn't want to say, but like a lot of I think uh K's last five or six years there in Durham. I think they've been a bit defensively suspect at times, or at least defensively suspect compared to maybe, you know, some of his vintage teams there. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I, as long as Texas Tech doesn't suffer some missing 10, 11, 12 shots in a row or some five, six-minute scoring drought um, like they are wont to do, like I absolutely think they have a real shot against Duke because of, because of the defense that they play. Um, but we have to make sure that Tech hits some shots, and that, that's what it's going to come down to. Um Gosh, could you imagine Kansas, Iowa State, and Chicago for in the Elite Eight for a chance to go to the Final Four? But just just tap it straight into my arm and just feed it right into me, okay? Um, at the moment, oh, I hate even talking about it. Uh, TCU up seventy to sixty-seven with three sixteen to go. Uh, awaiting the winner awaits Houston for a matchup in San Antonio. Can we get a TCU Houston matchup in San Antonio? I mean, I, can we get two Texas teams in San? That game would be. I hope so. A massive sold out. Just absolutely insane. Ooh, it would, be, it, would, it would be funny to think that you know, even the one seed get getting potentially eliminated in this circumstance, that you would still that you'd still have, I would say, even more in the building in San Antonio for Houston TCU than you would Houston Arizona. Mm. Oh, tie game two forty five. Okay, we're not going to check it for a minute. Um, oh, you know, one other thing for Houston to celebrate, and for Texas Tech fans to celebrate, is that our Longest-running sponsor in the show, Homefield Apparel, has dropped a new shirt for both Houston and a new shirt for Texas Tech on their website, which you need to go show check out. The Houston one's got a very nice cougar. The Texas Tech one is a very nice vintage basketball shirt. It's perfect for the Sweet 16. It goes with the, I'm sorry, Homefield. I literally was talking to my wife this morning, like, you know, or no, last night after like St. Peter's one, I was like, man. It'd be so cool if Homefield could figure out a way to get St. Peter's on the site like this week before their game. And wife's like, I don't think they could do it that fast. And then like this morning, hey, honey, remember how we were talking about that last night? Yeah, well, uh, they launched four shirts today. What? And the 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 strut shirt that they put out. And I'm going to make sure I get it's awesome. is, folks, you, 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 need, you need to go see it. Look, the Texas Tech Red Raider shirt, it's it's great. It's great. The Houston shirt, that, that's a, it's a mildly sexy uh, cougar. I'll, I'll just, I'll say it. Um, Second the Strut of Destiny, St. Peter's shirt with the Peacock logo on the front. I need that shirt. I, don't, I need it bad. Like, that is so good. Actually, as of now, no matter what happens to the TCU-Arizona game, 14 of the Sweet 16 teams are available on Homefield Apparel, including Iowa State, Kansas and Texas Techs and Houston. So go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and get 15% off your first order. Well, I can't think of a better way to celebrate a trip to the Sweet 16 or the Strut of Destiny shirt than by shopping at Homefield Apparel for some new gear from the company, the brand, the good brand that makes the most comfortable t-shirt, sweaters, and hoodies possible. 
Go get your Sweet 16 gear. Go get it now. Use the promo code NETWORK12 for 15% off your first purchase. And, uh, and be sitting very comfortable watching your team in the Sweet 16 next weekend. There's only one place to get the best daily audio coverage of the Kansas Jayhawks, and that's here on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Join me, your host, Andy Mitz, every weekday as we go through all the biggest stories affecting your favorite college teams, whether that's football, basketball, tennis, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball, or any other team that the Kansas Jayhawks put forward. If there's a story to cover, we grab a guest from across the sports landscape and bring that story to you. Find it now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all, and yes, I want you to listen to the Tortillas and Takes podcast presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan that is of a team that has 12 wins, going to the national championships every year, that just loves to talk about all the success that your program has had, well, then you're probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week, and, and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas Tech fan. So come along and party with us here at Tortillas and Takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. Strut of destiny. Good, good gravy. Like that. And this weekend, I got it out there. I was going to say, like I was like, they didn't get it out this this game week. No, 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 sir. They got it out this uh, this weekend. It was uh, a really incredible turnaround for uh, Connor and everyone with a good brand. Like we've known TCU is coming for months. St. <laughs> Peter's wins a game and home feels like, hey, can we get you? Yeah, and you know St. Peter's like, yes, please, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What would yeah. you like? Uh, whatever you want. Great. Let's design them, print them. Let's get going. That's you guys, Connor, home field. Topping, topping yourselves. All of you. Just take a minute and, and applaud yourself. Pat yourselves on the back because that's incredible. Um, man, oh, man. Uh, I want to talk about the women's bracket just just for a minute because we got to. Uh, obviously, Jamie not here. Busy day calling the women's game. Uh, the Cyclones narrowly escaped UTA on Friday and put an absolute beatdown, an absolute beatdown on Georgia on Sunday to advance to the Sweet 16. Uh, Coach Fennelly, Coach Fennel, Coach Fennelly, I'm going to mispronounce his name. I'm sorry. It's late. Um, Jamie's going to kill me. And I'm sorry, Jamie. Puts out a tweet today announcing that any student can get in for free. That they were just giving student tickets out to students. Like, come on in. You got a shot. Free tickets. We just, if you want to see your team get to the Sweet 16, like uh, Iowa State. This season for the men's and women's in basketball, I don't like this is the kind of stuff you're just like, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, it's just pure joy. Your men's and women's teams both go to the Sweet 16. I props, Cyclones, props. I love it. I love it as a, as a friend of Jamie's. I love it as a fan of Iowa State. I love it. The, 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 for the fan of this this team that Iowa State has with the Jones sisters that is just so good and so fun to watch and and on the same time when Iowa is the two seed gets upset so now Iowa State will play Creighton instead of Iowa they don't have to have a rematch of that rivalry 
uh, that's so good. Uh, oh, I don't know if you're an Iowa State fan. Do you prefer like the? Do you prefer the shot of Iowa losing this game, or did you, or or were you like, man, I would have, I would have liked a, a you know, a Cyhawk women's basketball Sweet Sixteen uh, matchup there. I would have guessed the Schadenfreude, but you know, Schadenfreude. That's I mean, just me. Iowa getting a two seed when they had no business getting a two seed, and Iowa State with a three alone. It just like it just re- and again, what happens to the tournament doesn't j- justify seeding or inclusion or anything because Syracuse is always terrible and seems to get in and then makes a run of the Sweet Sixteen. That doesn't make any sense. I think the Schadenfreude. I think just knowing that Iowa lost as a two seed, um, which irks Iowa fans, which makes Iowa State fans happy. I think is incredible. Can't be rivalry. Really can't. You cannot. You cannot. Folks, it was a rough weekend for Baylor fans. Uh, the men's team gets down 25 to North Carolina, makes a incredible run to tie it up to send it to overtime. And from there, was just out of gas. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, it's so hard in those situations to make a run like that and then take a minute, catch your breath, turn around, and you've got to play another five minutes of basketball. I mean, that's not like they didn't fight. It's not like they didn't work hard, but they they were they were at us. Oh, I shouldn't have walked through that. Oh. TCU's up 73 to 70 with a minute 14 left. Ooh. This is kind of like, obviously when you're listening to this, you already know what's happened, but the anticipation of like saying this as we're recording this is kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Back to the women's side. Texas with a very nice win. Congrats to the, uh, to the Longhorns for moving on. On the women's side, uh, Iowa State moves on. Uh, Baylor suffers their loss. Kansas, I mean, look, I said it on Thursday's episode. I'll be shocked if it's not South Carolina and Stanford in the national championship game. Kansas hung with Stanford for basically uh, two quarters and then about a half of a third, and then Stanford just ran away with it. And and you got to give props to Kansas for the way they were able to fight in that game and compete in that game until Stanford just, just won. It's a nice season for Kansas. Uh, we got two more Big 12 games on the women's side. Kansas State will play Monday. Oklahoma will play Monday. Oklahoma's against Notre Dame. Kansas against NC State. I know I put picked that upset in my bracket. Yes, I know Kansas State lost to NC State by a lot during the regular season. I don't care. Miracles can happen. Upsets happen. And for everybody who's like, upsets don't happen in the, in the women's side. It, uh, they do. They do. Ask the Iowa Hawkeyes. Ask the Iowa <laughs> Ask the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they're now uh, in the past tense uh, current season about that. Like, that yeah, happens. A 16 beat a one in the women's bracket before. I, I realize, and it, like, there's a general point of, you know, it is, there is a bit more like parody in some facets of the women's game, but like a 16 beat a one in the women's tournament well before the men's tournament. So just, again, just throwing that out there. There you go. Anyway, there you go. Off my like soapbox. <laughs> uh, Sam, since you're here, I, I always like to have this conversation. I mean, the Big 12 being incredible. I know that uh, uh, what's his name over at Auburn had to make some comment about how, you know, they're gonna people are gonna point out the SEC's performance in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's just such a grind here in the SEC. Uh, choke me, please. Um, yeah, just come on, shove it. The Big Ten's nonsense as usual. The Big 12, even if TCU loses this game, three teams in the Big 12, three teams. Six teams get in, six and zero in round one. Three teams in the Sweet Sixteen. It was the best team, best conference this year. It was the best conference this year. It is the best conference this year. I mean, 
What are you gonna? Oh, I feel like I need to like try and watch this game now. Seventy-three, seventy-two with forty seconds left. I've, I've TCU fans. If this game ends poorly, like they're gonna turn this thing off right about now. It's like I don't need to hear it. I don't know. I don't want to be reminded. I don't. I don't need to be reminded of what just happened. I don't. I don't even know. Ugh, this is probably terrible podcasting. I don't care. Um. I, we can't. We can't stop recording until this game ends. Like that. We're, yeah, it's, we're, not, it's not like we can ignore that this game's going on right now. We're we're almost at forty minutes. I, I will. We're gonna wrap here quick. Um, but Sam, uh, Houston joining the Big Twelve sometime in the near future. I mean, looking at how good this conference is and, and how good we believe it's going to be moving forward. I mean, how do you kind of view? Like, are you excited? I know as a basketball fan, you know, but like, are you already like excited about the Big Twelve and like kind of like come on Big Twelve? Or are you still like, you know what, go Memphis and go American, or are you already uh, like, done uh, with them? How dare I I should just hang like go Memphis. I should just like end the call or storm off. No, like obviously very, very excited for it because I just I, I think you could only talk yourself up for uh, East Carolina and Temple and South Florida so many times before you're just like, I hate this. I I, I really don't want to watch another conference game between uh my college and this team. And it's not like it's not like me trying to say I'm superior, but it's just like at a certain point, you just can only get so much juice out of those level opponents. And don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed, I've, I've enjoyed seeing this conference, which was, I don't think it's gotten much better or much worse. I think unfortunately, cause we were hoping it would get a bit better since we've become good at basketball. It, it's just at a certain point, like it's fun. It's fun to hang banners, win the conference. It's the conference we're in right now. So you're going to try to you know win every game you can in it. And, celebrate the team the team's accomplishments in the league but i think a lot of us would very much trade the the 16 and 2 and 15 and 3 regular season records for you know a, a conference slate that really has not just teams in the general vicinity you know ba- like houston fans know and work with and are family of baylor grads and tech grads and tcu grads and even oklahoma state grads it, it's not really very often that, you know, in your regular life as a Houston fan, you run into someone from Temple or East Carolina or, or even Memphis, someone who's a bit closer. So no, I think, I think that part's really exciting, but I think just it being a good hoops league, I, I mean, like Kansas is maybe, uh, Kansas maybe is a bit far afield from where Houston is right now, but no Houston fans going to be like, Kansas basketball, is that a good or well-recognized part of No, it's one of the most iconic programs in the sport and to play a conference game against that little team, you know, I'm not saying we're cowed by the reality of that, but it's, it's really cool. It's something that I don't think many of us four or five years ago really thought would ever be a reality. I think would have, uh, you know, would have given multiple digits to be like, okay, you're going to have a good basketball program. And that program is going to be able to play big 12 conference games. I think that's really exciting. And if anything, the current season has only added to that excitement. Obviously it's going to be a lot more of a grind of a schedule, but would gladly trade that for uh, a level of juice, a level of compelling basketball that quite honestly, we only get like a handful of conference games, a handful of non-conference games per season. The rest is just like, all right, I'm going to turn to ESPN plus or ESPN U and really hope this isn't the night that we lose to uh, East Carolina. You know, it's a, it's a bit different juice uh, playing the, uh, the teams that are going to be in the new big 12 versus, you know, who we're playing right now. So yeah, very excited. I would say, at the risk of speaking to the fan base at large, I would say it's a that's a pretty common opinion among uh, Cougar fans at large. Well, I know we're jazzed to have you guys in the conference, and jazzed to have the Scott and Holman podcast as part of the Ten Twelve Network. <laughs> we're going to overtime. 
We're going to overtime. The game's tied. There should have been a foul. Uh, they did not blow the call the foul. Uh, TCU, quote unquote. I got a, I got a few. Uh, how the f wasn't a foul uh, text messages. So it seems seems this ending uh, the ending sequence there has uh, has sparked opinion. Uh, TCU didn't call didn't get a foul. Arizona's and I'm gonna uh, Dale and Terry goes to try and dunk it as opposed to laying it up, and so he's too late and gets the shot in after the buzzer. As opposed oh. to, um, so we're going to overtime. We're going to overtime here, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, look, it look was I a foul. hope everyone stays it was healthy. A foul. But uh, it, it was a foul. He went instead of over the layup. TCU played a four overtimes. Oh my gosh! He if he lays it up, it, if he lays it up, TCU loses. But he goes for the dunk, and Arizona loses. Um, it should have been a foul. Fine margins. It should have been a foul. Oh man! Oh. Everybody, I mean everybody, even non-TCU people, are like, how's that a foul? It's a foul. It's always a, that's a foul. It's a hip check. It's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay, we cannot. I can't believe we're gonna have to end this podcast before we find out if TCU wins this. But I, we can't just keep going just for the sake of it. So, um. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's four minutes to go. It's still tied. Okay. Uh, Sam, you have been awesome. We're gonna wrap because I gotta get to bed. The we uh, we will be back on Thursday. I don't know what we're gonna have. Make sure you check out the Scott and Holman podcast. They are part of the Ten Twelve Network. You can find every show in the network at ten twelve network dot com. T E N the number twelve the word network dot com. Ten Twelve Network on Insta or on Twitter. <laughs> ten Twelve Pod on uh, on Instagram. He he. Just kidding. Uh, Scott and Holman podcast. You can shout at S H podcast that's p-a-w-d-c-a-s-t go give them a follow i get the feeling that this week's episodes are going to be uh are going to be must listen be very exciting i look forward to the preview yeah. of either tcu or arizona whoever you guys are going to be playing uh, in the sweet 16 we're excited well uh tonight's birthday that's why you only have me so uh but we will be putting our heads together tomorrow to talk about well, I'm sure will be hopefully uh, a future Big 12 rematch in uh, TC and the Cougars, but talking about whoever the Cougars' Sweet 16 opponent is, talking about uh, a thrilling opening weekend of the tournament and how this program got to its uh, third, second weekend in as many tournaments. So hope you all tune into this. Uh, give it a listen and see what your future Big 12 uh, conference brethren are up to here in the tournament. I was going to say this. I need me a TCU buzzer beater so we get a buzzer beater in the first weekend. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to sign off. We'll be back on Thursday. I hope TCU wins uh, and that we can talk about that on Thursday as well. Podcast Network.